Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, the most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, We also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, It's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, 
this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is a, uh, a good friend of mine, Greg Matiski, who lives in the same state um, just up the road a little bit from me, an hour and a half up the road from me in Brisbane, up on the beautiful Sunshine Coast. Uh, Greg is the college principal of a wonderful school called Suncoast Christian College. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. Thank you very much. Uh, great to be a guest. Yes, well, I have to say, first of all, you lead and uh, and live in one of the best places in the world. For uh, I always um, I always joke that uh, my um, my podcast. I'm still trying to get Tourism Queensland on board as a sponsor, um, and yes. I think one of the best ways to do that is chat with people like you who are based on the sunny coast, Sunshine Coast. So, any international it's listeners, a, it, it is, um, yes, it is oh, a little hard to beat, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing! Uh, it's such a beautiful part of the world. So, um. For those, I said to you before we started recording, and um, Greg and I know each other really well, and I also work with um, with Greg and with his team and with the school, which which I love and have loved getting to know the school. But um, can you tell our listeners about uh, a little bit about Suncoast, the school you lead, and and what you do as a college principal? Yeah, sure. Um, well, Suncoast has been uh, around for around forty years, so uh, it is on a in a growth corridor just about an hour north of Brisbane. So it's a you know sort of semi um, semi rural slash urban sort of area. Um, lot a very high growth uh, rate just because of um, its proximity to beautiful beaches and it's a very enjoyable winter climate. You know, winter you can still run around in shirt sleeves. Um, pretty warm over summer, but you know, so it's a, a pretty spectacular part of the world. Um, it's a Peter 12 Christian school, so we have um, students from uh, the preparatory year, you know, right through to the, their graduation uh, before other pathways. Um, we have a, about 100 students in a, a, a little learners um, program, which is um, preschool. Um, and, you know, all, all up, we have about 1,000 students on campus. Um, every day and you know staff of probably around 150 uh, to operate um, the ship so I've had a, a long career at the school I've been here for 25 years myself probably unexpectedly uh, came as head of English um, <laughs> initially and really loved that very passionate about literature and, and English uh, then I um, was head of middle years. I really love the middle years as a very, feel very passionate that school be exciting and, and engaging and meaningful for students in those sometimes referred to as those lost years. Uh, then it was my privilege to uh, look after curriculum in the school for a number of years before becoming deputy principal and uh, then um, had the wonderful opportunity to, to lead the school now. So I really, I really have um, responsibility mostly for leading leading the staff team so lots of I have you know great support from the team around me to uh, you know operate the school you know very specific delegated responsibilities but um, you know it's my job to to lead and and direct and manage uh, the executive team and and the staff generally so um, yeah it's a great team I, I do 
I don't love everything about my job, <laughs> but I do love my job. I love coming to work, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's um it's terrific when you have a team that is just um you know all on the same page and and unified and just you know people of great character. Uh, it's you know mm. it's one it's wonderful. Um, there there is a real joy uh, in serving together like that. So yeah, of course, of course has usual stresses like other places, but um yeah, it's a it's a, a wonderful team culture at Suncoast. That, yeah, that kind of explain it's, enough um, about uh, what it about does. the context here? That was great, actually, because I I, uh, I I always try to explain to people how unique the school principal or head of school, as it's called in, in other places, role is. It's very, it's such a unique role. And I think you, I, that was great as well, because I often forget, I even forget, you know, working with you that you've been there for 25 years. And that gives you such, um, that's actually quite a unique uh, pathway that you've taken so that was yeah, great to is. get that insight inside as well let's go back to the start though i i know listeners sure. really love hearing people's stories so starting with um you know when you were growing up little greg you know when greg was just yep. a okay. uh, a little guy what what were some of the moments from that season of your life from growing up or even themes that really shaped you into the person you are today yeah, so oh look, there's probably many things, but um, I'm a, I'm a farm boy, so grew, grew up in uh, country South Australia, so you know quite a long way from here in the in the in the in the southernmost corner of South Australia. So um, cold, wet winters, very hot, dry summers. Um, but I, I grew up in a very stable family. Um, I have just one sister, so quite a quite a nuclear family. Um, but I think the um, you know the farm life certainly uh, instilled a very deep uh, love of the outdoors and of the tranquility uh, to be found, um, and then and the peace that's found outdoors. So I, I probably still uh, are drawn to um, in my recreation and my my sort of sole um, times I want to go. I want to I want to be outdoors um, in the bush. Um, I grew up in a Christian mm. family, and it's been a you know probably the most foundational um, baseline in my life. You know, it's always had a faith and always been aware of God's love for me and uh, of, of his strength that I can draw on. Um, and I've obviously, you know, mm. fast forward all through the years and, you know, find myself um, leading a Christian school community. Um, you know, that all has its roots very clearly in, in my upbringing. Um, yeah, I think um, I was um, unsure that I wanted to be a farmer um, and then later really sure that I didn't want to be a farmer. Uh, I, I think just didn't have it in me and perhaps um, my dad encouraged me to, to, to perhaps pursue another pathway because he didn't have that option. He's from that generation where you did what your father did and, and you know, he had to leave school early and he, he sort of felt he didn't have those choices. And he, he loved learning. Uh, he he um he didn't do any formal training, but he, he had a massive library and he was always reading. And I think I just got a um certainly acquired a love of learning and um, a love of inquiry and you know a, um, a developing mind perhaps from him. And it certainly felt very secure to pursue uh, an option outside of the farm. Um, I was the first person in my family to go to university on, on sort of all sides, and so. I didn't really understand all the options there, and I just, um, I don't know, it just sort of seemed natural. I loved English, so I just decided to um, to pick English teaching, and um, yeah, and then thankfully um, found that I really loved it. <laughs> was quite good at it. Um, had a lot to learn, of course, but um, yeah, I just it, it was, um, you know, perhaps by, you know sometimes choices are not always uh, deliberate or um, fully thought through, especially when you're young. But I'm very grateful for the pathway that. Um, 
that, that I ended up on. Um, yeah, and I, I certainly would say that God had a had a plan there, um, and certainly, um, yeah, I can I can see His hand at many many points in my life directing me, and I'm yeah I'm very grateful for the experiences I've had, and very very grateful for the opportunities I have right now uh, to be part of this community. Is that um is that Yeah, that's um that's incredible. It's great to get to know a little bit more about your background, being a farm boy <laughs> and the like. Yes. Um, I'm interested <laughs> to know about your your dad. You mentioned that um I guess his you know, the love of learning that, that really came from him. Are there any moments that really stick out to you of, around your dad and around learning or, or, or really life that you think back to and you remember the way he dealt with the situation or that's been really foundational in how you approach leadership life and learning uh look i can't think of anything particular i have images you know memories in my in my mind of him in his in his study um you know with, with his books and he he was um you know we'd had, we'd had quite an interesting church history as well we'd we'd um been in a very conservative sort of church environment initially and then uh i guess my parents had been through quite a spiritual awakening and they had um uh, you know, led them to to move into a, you know a sort of different church experience where Dad had sort of become one of the leaders, and I just don't remember him always taking a very um, principled and disciplined approach um, to ma matters of um, life and relationships and and faith. Um, you know, when when you um, you know become sort of more personally involved in a, a community like a church, you know, you, you become very um, involved with people's lives and you journey with them and um, yeah, it was. I guess it was that principled approach to those things and that commitment to people, which was such an example to me. And um, thankfully, you know, after I had left home and gone to university at seventeen, it was, it was a four-hour drive away to the to the big smoke. Um, you know, thankfully, they also found um, mentors and father-like figures who, who who continue to call out the same kind of um, identities in me. You know, that sort of um, you know care for people, um, passion to see people flourish and 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 prosper in their lives. And relationships and I, I think that all that all fed beautifully into a teaching career as well um, and it has certainly pro probably quite foundational to my approach with um, just and just how I feel about staff um, and people uh, in general so yeah look a very very influential example from my dad um, yeah right 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 back from the beginning yeah so Greg I'm interested to find out when as you look back at uh, you know growing up, but also then the years after that, and even maybe your first years, uh, you know, at Suncoast, what were some of the leadership opportunities? The first leadership opportunities. Yeah. Do you remember having a chance to lead a bunch of people yeah. or to own a project? What what comes to mind? Yeah. So um, I think um, probably my first um, time out of out of home. You know, when I went, when I went to the Big Smoke, as I said to. Uh, to university and, and getting involved in um, you know some uh, some churches and some youth um, leadership and things like that. There were there were people there. I I, I had a lot of self doubt as a young man, of course, and certainly well, I had a I had a really good childhood. I, you know, still suffered from the same kinds of insecurities that many young people do and many adults do, of course, of just you know deep self doubt and not really sure if I was good enough and all those kind of things. But you know, finding um, being very responsive to mentors and people who who are older and wiser and and would would um, give or, or ask you, offer opportunities for you to sort of step up. And I know I always um, found myself saying yes to those things. And I think that's been very, um, very influential, very important in my life journey is 
you know, generally say yes to those kind of opportunities, even though you're terrified perhaps, or really not sure you're qualified at all, or, or not sure if you have anything to offer. But, you know, that's where tremendous development has come um, in my life. And so I think there was, um, you know, a period uh, during university where I, I did a lot of, um, you know, volunteer work with with um, with youth and things like that. And I was, you know, quite a good organiser and discovered some skills and things there. And um, and I think that then that carried over, you know, that confidence sort of builds. And then when I became um, started teaching in Tasmania, uh, a little state to the south, of <coughs> a little island state, um, you know, I was very, very, very green, very, you know, quite naive, um, but very willing, you know. And so when there are opportunities to... To, to um, you know, I'd never taught computer studies, for example. They, you know, opportunists came and said, "Oh, would you, you know, would you consider? You're young. You know, you must know about computers." I was actually the last group at school that that missed any kind of computer education at all. <laughs> but I, um, I went out and bought a, uh, a an XT computer as it was back then, and um, had a 20 meg hard drive. You know, MS DOS. Taught myself DOS from a textbook, <laughs> and 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 taught it. And then you know, years later, um, I'm rolling out a laptop program in a school, and that um, not, no formal training, but you think, oh, what a wonderful trajectory that was. And it's, it just simply came from. Um, you know, b being tapped on the shoulder and saying, "Yeah, I'll give that a go. I'll, gi I'll give that a go," and that's happened many, many times. So <laughs> I, I went, I went from Tassie and then went to a, a burgeoning school on the Gold Coast, another high-growth population area on, on um, to the south of us here, south of Brisbane. Um, and it was a school that had grown from sixty to a thousand in five years. And um, you know, I walked in the door there and immediately offered uh, opportunity to be a head of um, head of house. And that all the pastoral mm. care and um, lots of the sort of uh, fundamental organisation of the school was organised that way. And I, I just just probably didn't even have an opportunity to say no. I just said yes. Um, but it was it was a tremendous um, hot housing experience, you might say. You know, so so many other great people to learn from. So many um, you know wonderful opportunities to, to mm. develop, and um, that was fantastic. And you know, then that that then led to sort of the next career thing. And and then when I took the job initially here as head of department, I didn't feel ready at all. Uh, in fact, I had um, applied for the job a bit reluctantly, but then just felt just really felt this strong sense that I, I should say yes, and I should do it. And, um, you know, it was, it was um, bewildering at first and <laughs> a bit nerve-wracking, but, um, you know, got going. And, and again, there's so many people along any of life's journeys to, to, to help and support and um, to, to mm. help you on your way. And, um, you know, I've always found that. I've always been, um, you know, there can be some very challenging um, contexts at times, but there are always beautiful, amazing people around um, that you mm. can look to and lean on and draw strength from and, and, and tap into their wisdom. So I think I've been um, at probably at all of those schools, there have been people that I had perhaps self-identified as mentors. And then many mm -hmm. of those, some of those would not have been aware that they were they were mentoring me, but I was um, yes. bleeding them dry, you know, <laughs> taking, uh, <laughs> le learning, you know, soaking it up like a sponge. And then some, some of them, of course, were very deliberate and very generous in their, um, mm. you know, very... Um, they, they, I guess, perhaps from their own convictions, they saw it as you know a personal mission to, you know, to help a young a young, a young fella out uh, on his journey and and yeah. kindly and wisely offer um, you know some suggestions and things at times and um, yeah and I, I was always I was very open to that. Um, who were who were some of those mentors um, that really stand out for you? I know there'd be a lot, so you could you could mention them all. But um, who are a, you know a couple of those people that you think had 
some of the most significant influence on your leadership? Yeah, look, certainly at, at Suncoast, um, a main one here was a fellow called um, Terry Hornby. Um, he was the uh, deputy principal here for a long time, sort of head of secondary. Uh, he's now a principal at another school on the, on the coast. But, you know, um, he was just so generous and and wise and calm. I, I'm, um, you know, I'm a bit of a high energy person at times and a bit, a bit flitty and a bit flighty and a, perhaps a... Um, a more highly developed sense of self-responsibility than is sometimes warranted, um, <laughs> and um, you know he he would he would quite regularly very beautifully hose me down and um, just you know mm. help help me be that more balanced, measured kind of mm. person and that um, you know reminding me that uh, I didn't need to be the messiah. Um, mm. You know, it, 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 my you know I wasn't responsible for everything, and there was a team here, and there's also time you know school in a school context mm. um sometimes people get very stressy um about a, you know a single period of time or something's not going well and we, you know terry would always remind me that you know we're we're here for the long haul and it's it's um 13 years mm. the school journey and um you know together across the the team um our individual strengths but our weaknesses you know we, we all contribute and it will balance out and um yeah, just there were just there were so many lessons that he taught me, and I was very fortunate to work very closely with him as I became head mm. of middle years. Um, and just there were so many uh, wonderful strengths he had that were uh, and, and ways that he did things that were really geared to giving him great longevity in in the role. He yeah. he, he was the person who never became jaded, never became cynical, always believed in people. Um, and it was very consistent, you know, so staff and me included, you always knew mm. that Terry was going to be the same yesterday uh, and today, and you weren't, you weren't going to be yeah. unsure who you're going to find. Always approachable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just a very, and, and such a good listener. He would always listen at, at the yeah. start. But yeah, I, I, I learned probably from my career, I, I learned mm. um, just such a depth of um, wisdom from him. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Are, are there any moments that spring to mind of you know specific stories or moments of Terry and um, that have really stayed with you of how he dealt with something that went um, better than expected and, and how he celebrated that or how he handled a, a crisis or a really difficult situation? Uh, look, any, look, look a, cup, a, cup, a couple of them. I mean, you know, back in the day, I, I remember at the end of the year. Um, I'd, I'd, I was, you know, um, head of middle years, um, you know, so seven, eight, nine, been a pretty, pretty busy year, a lot of, lot of events at the end of the year, and I, I was still teaching, and I had a class, and I had a, a whole pile of marking, um, you know, to try to keep the kids busy to the end of the year with, with you know, worthwhile and meaningful learning, um, and I'd, I'd, we'd finished the year, and I still had all this marking to do, and, you know, Terry found me in my office still marking the work. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, I've got, to, I've got to finish this work. He said, why? I said, well, the kids have done it, and, you know, it's important to, um, you know, of their commitment and he said but who's who's going to see it i said oh i'm not, I'm not really sure and he goes well stop it and i said no i can't i have to finish it and he just he picked up the pile and threw it in the bin <laughs> and um i was absolutely horrified <laughs> um but it really made so me think good. it really made me think and i and it really was quite life-changing because <laughs> I'd, I'd had this quite ridiculous obsession with um you know my own my own self-imposed perfectionism perhaps and and my yeah. own um you know perhaps quite ridiculous on uh, expectations at times. And it was one of those moments where I really, that triggered then a whole bunch of reflection about a whole lot of things. And really, um, I guess Terry was always focused on what really matters. 
what really matters. And, you know, it's very easy, not just in a school, but certainly in a school, very easy to become focused on the mechanics of the job because there are a lot of mechanics, um, uh, you know, the mechanics of teaching, the mechanics of a timetable of running a school. And the, op the operations can sometimes smother the mission. Um, and, you know, that example from Terry just really, really helped me to um, uh, just, you know, really, really re reframe that whole thinking in my brain. Um, and another one was, was you know, whenever, whenever there were difficult things with staff, and of, of course there are lots of those, and, and with parents too, um, you know, and anywhere there's people, right? Um, but Terry was always so measured um, with his dealings with those things. But, you know, as a, as a younger man, I really would be very anxious around anything to do with conflict. And I had, I had to make that such an area of growth um, I, I didn't mm. ever think I could be an administrator or, or a principal. I just thought, no, I just, I would never be up <laughs> for all that conflict and all that, you know, it would make me, um, I remember in some of my early, early career, you know, going to meetings where, where there was high conflict and, and just, I was actually quaking, you know, my, my stomach was shaking and I, I, I couldn't mm -hmm. stop it. And, um, but, you know, Terry, Terry taught me to be up for those conversations and how to be up for them and not have mm. that sense of, I just want to get out of the room. I don't want to go, I don't want to go to this meeting, but, um, you know, to approach those things with, with gentleness and calm um, mm. and kindness. And, and, and that's been a, um, an approach that's been really helpful in this role that I'm in now is just to remember that I, um, you know, if I, if, I, if, I, if I go in gently and kindly, and with a listening ear that, that we can get through this no matter how um, challenging or difficult it is. And yeah, I think just Terry's calm manner uh, in those mm. things was just, it's just such a powerful example. Um, yeah, and, and helped me reshape the way I thought about those uh, circumstances and situations and, and to, to navigate them in a, in a much healthier way. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think you, um, I think, uh, I reckon we underestimate how much of a difference it makes if we can uh, walk sort of with that gentleness, um, kindness, and um, you know, and just stay calm. And it's and because you can be calm and still uh, deliver difficult feedback, you can stay calm and right. deliver difficult news, or yes. or have a difficult conversation and stay calm and i think for me i remember when i i i just think um growing up and just the way you you know you get you can feel triggered by certain things i just always assumed yes. when a difficult conversation happened it had to be tense and every, and, and you had yes. to and, and you, had, you had to not and, only and perhaps, feel tense but yeah communicate perhaps, tensely yeah yes and sometimes be be the tough guy you know, so that yes, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's important to hold the line here and to be firm. You know, <laughs> I, I struggled. Yeah. I struggled with that a lot in my early career because a lot of my mentors, who, who are wonderful principals, but they were perhaps more along the cleric personality type of mm. line. You know, perhaps people who were more up for that sort of thing. And I'd, I'd initially, you know, try to model my, um, you know, my mm -hmm. dealings with these things in that in that more aggressive, um, just you know you know puff your chest out step out and <laughs> put people in their place and say hey it's not okay you know um and uh you know generally or probably not generally perhaps always that went very pear-shaped and it just um i really i really yeah i had i had to find a different way and i also got very burnt out in the, the the head of middle years years didn't end well for me i i, I was in my 30s i think and i i learnt a very valuable lesson at the end of that because I'd, I'd done it i'd gone about it all the wrong way you know just i'd, I'd 
by the end of that um, seven years, I've exhausted all my personal reserves, you know, and I was very worn mm. down, quite cynical, um, didn't d wanted to avoid those kinds of situations. And it wasn't, I was very grateful that a, a fresh opportunity came up. Um, and, but thankfully, mm. was able to, you know, revisit that thinking later on. And, and um, otherwise, I couldn't have done this job that I'm in now. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned one aha moment, which is that fantastic story with Terry throwing your um, yeah. uh, marking in the bin, which I just love. That's such a good story. I feel like that's sometimes what a perfectionist needs is literally <laughs> yes. someone to come along, we pick need, things up, throw a, them in the bin. We all need a Terry. Yeah. <laughs> How am I going to mark that now? It's in the bin. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. Now we're ready to move on. That's right. Um, uh, are there any aha, any other aha moments that spring to mind for you um, as a leader in the past you know, uh, well, really throughout your whole career and the different leadership roles you've had, yeah, look, I, aha I, yes, moments look, where you, yeah, yeah where, where just something that sticks in your mind. Yeah, look, and, and they haven't all come from really um, people I've deeply admired and respected like Terry, you know, some some of the ones have come through working with really um, people that I would find really challenging to work with. And I think some of the most powerful um, moments where I've actually been stopped in my tracks and had to have a look at myself in the mirror and actually accept criticism or a critique from someone um, who sees the world completely differently to me and on a couple of occasions um, I've thought wow that person's absolutely spot on so I think early in my career because I'm a bit of a you know have have been known to be a conflict avoider um, you know I do that that terrible thing which so many of us have done uh, which is you know you revert to um, email for example as, as a way of um ad addressing difficult things and you know I've, i have such a strong rule now i i um i, I will not address anything um con mm. uh, it, it, that, that's not um uh that, that that's in, in, a, in a personal relationship with a staff member or a parent i, I you know will not try and sort that out over email and i, I remember in the days where i get very hot and bothered about something and get very upset and then go home and stew on it and then um and then compose the heated email you know and um and i, I had i'd sent one of those um <laughs> to a colleague and um you know he he quite rightly he, he rang me or i might have got the guilt a few hours later and, and rung him and, and he just said um don't do that don't send those emails just don't just stop it and um <laughs> and he, he didn't mean it unkindly <laughs> but um it was um actually the kind of um it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I thought, he's right. Um, I've been a complete idiot here. And every time I do this, I regret it. Why do I keep doing it? Um, you know, because, and, and I, I learned, it was the beginning of a, um, of, I'm so glad for that. I didn't like it at the time, but I'm so glad for it. Because I, I had been um, in the habit of, you know, you get upset, you, you start to build narratives in your head or to explain what's going on from your point of view. And, you know, invariably you, you end up creating, um, perceptions of things which are just not based on reality they're just based on your on your thoughts and then if you act on those mm. you know it's pretty bad um yeah so I, I, there have been there have been a few of those where i've just i've learned some hard lessons and i've um i'm i'm really glad for them but i i, I did not enjoy it at the time uh, a bit of, <laughs> bit of uh, the old humble pie you know it's just like oh i need to um I need, you know, maybe it's me. Yes, it's me. It is me. <laughs> I need to stop. Yeah, that's right. I need, I, need, I need to stop that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an it's an uncomfortable um thought whenever that that happens. But I think, and then I I, I feel like um, oh, one of my favorite uh one of my favorite quotes. I can't remember where I heard it, but about that idea of writing those sort of emails 
Um, it's also about, um, you know, having those, making those sort of speeches when you're really angry, yes. like when you're really angry at someone, you think that's it. Um, it's, I'm going to really tell them how I feel about this now. And, um, you know, the, the, the quote is something like, um, you know, uh, if you tell, uh, you know, give someone the speech when you're really angry and it'll be the best speech you'll ever regret. And, yeah. um, it's like, <laughs> because at the time. 100%. At the time, you feel like it's so on point. You're like, oh, I'm yeah. so sure about this. And then, yes. but you inevitably always regret that email or speaking out of that That's right. anger rather than actually learning yeah. to It's true. And, and, and of course, you know, the, fur the more responsibility you have or the more staff that you uh, supervise, the more consequential those errors become, you know. And I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm glad I, I still um, muck that up every now and again, you know, make mistakes. Uh, but you know, I'm glad I learned some of those really important lessons, which have, which have become um, principles that I really, really aspire not to violate, because I'm, I'm, I'm I want to be that leader who's consistent and who's approachable and mm. who, who is principled. Um, and uh, you know, th some of those um, behaviours and those ways of thinking are just really detrimental, really, really destructive mm -hmm. um, to, to the relationship that a leader needs to have for a really healthy, um, healthy organisation. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well, um, let me wrap up today, Greg. It's been great hearing some of your story and, and talking about uh, some of your mentors and the like. Uh, let's do Leadership Express. I've got a handful okay. of questions for you. The, the first one is, what what's a book that you've gifted to other people? Look, probably pretty, um, pretty boring and ordinary, but um, because I'm relatively new to being a principal, um, John Maxwell's Leadership Gold. Uh, when I when I started in, in this um, mm. job, I gave, gave that to our executive team, and then we just we just spent um, eighteen months just going through it chapter by chapter, um, mm -hmm. and um, it was like a book like a book study. And mm. uh, we what was so good is we I think as a team we'd been previously we'd been so focused on the operations of the school, and this really yeah. did help to bring a lot of clarity to us about yeah we've got to do that we've got to manage we've got to manage things we have to operate the school but we have to lead it and that's that's something mm. quite different and, and being a leader is about being very principled um and having a very principled disciplined approach to leadership and so that that book um really really helped yeah amazing uh, what about a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of oh um I think for us just constantly, um, you know, as as the um, as I, the more I get into my role here, I'm, I'm in my sixth year of sixth year of being a principal. Um, you know, I think initially ignorance was bliss, um, but just as as you track along the weight of this, this the, the, because of the, the the weight is heavy because the awareness of what you're responsible for and um, of uh, just just how important um, different aspects of the the role are um, and so um, ma maintaining that um, um, I guess that 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 sense of well-being um, and um, first love of the job you know rem remembering why I did this and not not becoming overburdened with all the serious stuff <laughs> that's out there and <laughs> and um, you know at times um, some of that's not very easy to deal with and but but you know, again learning that it's part of the job and to, so to, when those very difficult challenges come up to accept and embrace them and continue to walk mm. through them with a team you're know, not doing it on your own but walk through it with a team not and not not retreating to sort of unhealthy 
um, habits like just sort of isolating yourself or or just becoming obsessed on that, but making sure that you keep an eye on there will be other other um, good parts of the role, but also good parts of the organisation um, to, yeah. to sort of keep that balance uh, because it's you know there's um, you've got you've got to those, those things can take. Um, quite some time to resolve and i can i can really mm. see how leaders and people dealing with that kind of really challenging stuff can get can get worn down pretty rapidly and yeah. then find it hard to, to come back from so um and you know True. and some and some days it really is um get out of bed uh and get dressed for work and come to work knowing that it's going to be okay and that there's a and you're getting out of coming to work because of the um the beautiful people that you're going to you're going to help and support on that day um mm -hmm. and yeah just sort of keeping keeping that balanced perspective and a healthy perspective and approach um yeah. through what through whatever particular season of leadership that you're in at the time yeah that's if, that, great. If, that, if that makes sense yeah no it does uh do you have any favorite quotes that you uh doesn't have to be leadership could just be about life just quotes that that have really um stuck with you or things that you tend to uh tend to tell others a really good one from um you know i work very closely with the um lead pastor from our from the church that's connected to the school he's a very impressive younger man a bit younger than me but um he has so many sort of principles that guide him and what, one of his which i've really taken on board here is um to, to always choose trust over suspicion uh and that's you know we, we do that um with, with all our relationships whether it's with um, a student that you're dealing with um, who's, you know, not got their homework in on time or is late with an assignment or uh, you know, a parent with a concern that sort of gets up your nose a bit or um, some issue with staff. But to, to choose trust over suspicion, and it's, it's extraordinary how that uh, simple thing in your head um, allows that trust relationship um, to, to um, yeah, to, 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 to be... Um, uh, Un unharmed by perhaps difficult conversations mm. that you've got to have and and it really um it's much healthier um for you to, to choose to trust people rather than to sort of go down rabbit warrens of um, being suspicious about motive or suspicions suspicious about um a, you know a particular um reason someone's doing something um yeah, so you just yeah. it's, a, it's a mental discipline where you just refuse um refuse to allow your brain to go go to the suspicious conspiracy part of things um yeah so to, you know yes, and you've yeah. got, to, got to catch yourself but yeah choosing trust over suspicion has been a very um yeah very very important little little um mantra we have here yeah i like that i think that's really really good and very powerful um this is a bit of a lighter question it could be you might think of something that that is serious or it might be something really light-hearted uh, a movie or tv show that um influenced you oh <laughs> Um, all right, I, I I have loved the Bing ba Big Bang Theory. Um, I just, it's so cleverly written. But what I really admire and have, have actually felt like it was um, I felt like it was PD, like professional development, was watching Sheldon's friends um, do life with him and and not lose their minds and and want to just shut down that relationship because he's so annoying he's so obnoxious at times <laughs> he's so <laughs> arrogant um and and yet his friends um just see him mm. see him as a friend and they accept his quirks and things <laughs> as just being things that they don't have to change or fix um and so bizarrely while i'm laughing at all the nonsense that goes on there um yeah i've actually really been challenged by the way that they they relate to mm. um you know 
people who are perhaps outside the the normative range of um of uh, the way the way people interact with each other um yeah 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 i love that uh, so i haven't i haven't had that recommendation yet but i i enjoy um yeah i i had never really thought about big bang theory from that perspective so that's that's gold i i love that that's um that's a, a good one to add to the list of recommendations. Okay, last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? <laughs> um, I think, um, all right, just one. I think to remember that you, 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 never, you never should try to do this sort of stuff on your own. And if you find yourself out there, you know, blazing a path on your own, or, or um, doing something because you know you believe in it, and you haven't got anybody with you, um, you're in trouble. Um, and so, learning, you know, when you're really a very capable person and you've got lots of passion and ideas for things, um, you you need to set yourself aside and learn learn the important humility of including other people in your decision making, in your action plans. In, in the steps that you take because you it ultimately mm. uh, over the long haul things are so much more powerful and effective um, when we do it together um, and mm -hmm. when, when we when we have when we're, when we're accountable um, as the leader to the teams that we're are, are, are um, leading and 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 who are there to, to help um, you know achieve the goals of the organization or achieve the vision that we've set um, yeah, I've been I've been a fairly independent person at times, you know, and I I um I can I can certainly run ahead, um, but I've I've learnt more and more that it's just it's so important to do everything together with people, even though that's um perhaps sometimes less efficient, uh, you know, it's 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 um it's the long way around rather than the shortcut, but it's so much more powerful and so much more effective and meaningful. Um, when yeah. you, you you submit to others and and work as part of or you know submit to a team and do things together. Yeah, well said. That's great advice, Greg. Uh, for those who've really enjoyed hearing your perspectives today and 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 your thoughts, uh, where can people find you on LinkedIn or Twitter and uh, and also find out about Suncoast? Uh, I am on LinkedIn, so you can find me um, there. And um, yeah, uh, otherwise, just. Um, you can uh, yeah email me at the college it's principal at suncoastcc.qld.edu.au um, but yeah certainly probably LinkedIn is probably the easiest place um, to find me. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, I know that you will have gotten a lot out of um, chatting with Greg today. Uh, I mean, there's been so many things I've loved about the conversation, but uh, the the image um, of Terry throwing Greg's marking yeah. in the uh, in the bin is one that stands out for me. I think there's all of us who have perfectionistic tendencies um, can appreciate that as just. I just love that. That's just one of that's one of my favorite stories I've heard in a while. So um, don't forget, listeners, we also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast that you can tune into and uh, to grow as a leader. But I want to finish today by saying thank you to Greg for being so generous and so uh, vulnerable to share, you know, some of your story and uh, and also for the for the laughs as well. But it's it's um, it's just been heaps of fun getting to know your story a bit better for me and I know for our listeners too. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, Greg. thank you very much, Jane, for having me. It's um it's been great.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership. And leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process 
that I unpack in Step Up or Step Out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.